everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Dennis Dodd coming up here momentarily. Uh, great day to talk to Dennis, of course. Uh, one, one of the best college football writers out there, there's no doubt. In fact, let's, let's waste no time. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. He's a national college football writer for CBSSports.com. He's Dennis Dodd. What's going on, Dennis? Thank you very much for uh, coming on with us today. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thank you. Just a, a busy day. My head's spinning a little bit. Of course, it has been since March. So. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, start start uh, with your thoughts on the decision the Big Ten uh, made today, and if you want, the, the route we took to get here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's almost two different discussions. Yeah, was it was it a clunky, awkward mess, a lack of communications and messaging for the Big Ten? Absolutely. Um, I like I like the lead of my story today. It said 42, 42 days after the Big Ten released the fall schedule, thirty seven days after it canceled the fall season, twenty seven days after it said distinctively it would not revisit having a fall season. It had a fall season. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's how messed up it's been. But look, at the end of the day, I'm willing to give credit to reconsideration based on science. You know, stiff-arming the president and Scott Frost and Ryan Day, did they were any influence at all in saying, you know, maybe this is worth a try. This is not necessarily the right thing, because if it's the right thing, everybody would be doing it, and there'd be no COVID to spread around. But it's the thing to try, and, th- and they're doing it, so we'll see what happens. So, Dennis, I've written columns, uh, recent columns, that have essentially been warning everybody about how how crazy this pandemic is and whatnot. But I changed my mind. I changed my mind when I saw that they can test every day. Am I a hypocrite or have I just figured this out and then guessed in a certain way? I think uh, the daily testing mitigates a lot of the worry. It certainly doesn't end the risk. Uh, this was always about what's your risk tolerance. Well, this helps your risk tolerance increase. If you can test every day, that eliminates or helps eliminate the need for contact tracing, which is a big part of this. You know, five guys can knock 20 off the roster. You know what I'm saying? So if you can do this right and you can afford it, it, it doesn't mean you're not going to get COVID, but it means you've got a better chance to play. And it is the game changer that Larry Scott called it. Unfortunately, Larry Scott finds himself the one backed into a corner right now. Well, Dennis, let's talk a a little bit about that. We saw Larry's response this morning where he said they're waiting on California and Oregon. And then we see Governor Newsom say, well, we're not stopping you. What's going on? I I don't know what to make of that. I really don't. I just read Governor Newsom's full statement where he said, well, he never said they couldn't practice. But then he said something about, you know, that it, they couldn't gather in more than groups of 12. Well, that's a problem for football. You know, then, then you can't practice. You can't in basketball, but you really can't in football because you got 11 guys on each side of the ball even when you're practicing. So, yeah, you can't, you can't really practice. But I'm told the Big 12 – I'm sorry, the Pac-12 is going to have 
a reaction, some sort of statement on that this afternoon. I don't know if that will move the ball, if that means the Pac-12 is going to play this fall. I couldn't tell you that. I think we'll just have to wait and see. So, Dennis, uh, how is this season going to play out? If the Big Ten is doing what it's doing, uh, how do you think that is going to affect the college football playoff? Uh, you know, I guess they'll they'll get in under the uh, necessary time, but uh, it's it's uneven now, right? Well, I mean, you've got four of the five Power Fives playing. I think the Big Ten playing nine games aligns them with the other leagues and is a de facto qualifier for the playoff. Now, what I don't know is if any any of these leagues, Big Ten included, don't play all their games, is yeah. there a threshold that there has to be? And the CFP hasn't answered that question. The threshold, you have to play X amount of games to be eligible, or is, is the committee just going to sit there and, and consider teams that have played six games or teams that have played ten and let you know, let the chips fall as they may. That that's what I'm getting right now. The, the the danger for the Big Ten is they're playing nine games in nine weeks. That hasn't been done in the Big Ten it's since 2018. Since 2013, only 18 times have teams been had to do that. So besides being a student athlete welfare thing with COVID floating around, it's it's like wow. Okay, you know, you, you think you're going to play nine straight weeks? We'll see. What about the Mountain West, Dennis? And Dennis Dodd is on with us, by the way, from CBSSports.com. Is is there a chance they figure something out as well? They they released a statement this afternoon that said they are, quote, finalizing a way to get daily rapid testing, same as these other two leagues. I, I think what they're doing is studying it now. It's a tremendous expense that I don't know that the Mountain West can afford. I don't know that for sure. I just question it because I know it's a tremendous expense and a tremendous stretch of manpower to do it. But but they have put that out there. That, let's put it this way. They're looking into it. So I think what this has done, remember in August where we said, oh, if, if this conference goes forward, everybody will. Now it's happening in reverse. Everybody's going trying to play in the fall in reverse, um, or at least the, the conferences that we're playing in 2021. So, I think the Pac-12's in play. I think the Mountain West is in play. I don't think the MAC is in play because I don't think they have the money to do this right now. So we're going to see see a season by them next year. Has this tarnished your enthusiasm for college football, Dennis? Uh, where are you as far as <laughs> the emotions, the feelings, uh, beyond just uh, what you think in your in Yeah, your it's capacity? tarnished my enthusiasm, yeah, for the people that run college football. I, I'm bewildered and disappointed at some of them, the way they've gone about this, because it's just been piecemeal, no no unity. Um, you know, they're, they're without having a college football commissioner, which we'll never have, because Exhibit A, look what's going on right now. They could have all, the Power Five or the Ten Conferences could, could have all gotten in a room and decided, we're going to start now. Um, and maybe it's the chase for those dollars that started them to start in different directions, because... Frankly, the group of five have less money to make up that they'll lose than the Big Ten because they have those monster TV contracts that they're trying to chase, try to get a percentage of during COVID. But, yeah, the, the season certainly didn't start for me like it usually did. It was going to be August 29th in Dublin, you know, Notre Dame and Navy, and that's going to be exciting. Now you've got a national game between Iowa State and Louisiana. And, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's good. 
but there's no fans, and it's just the, the hype isn't there. Maybe I'm just being a cranky old man. Maybe it'll get better as we go along. But I think, yeah, I think there's something to be said to that. Dennis, unfortunately, we're not going to get uh, to see BYU Army this weekend uh, like was yeah. uh, originally scheduled. But what did you think about the Cougars week one against Navy? They were great. Um, you know, I, I think they planted their flag. I, I, don't, I don't think it, the schedule's strong enough for them to get to the playoffs, but certainly that could be a very positive story this season. But the job Tom Holmo did to put that schedule together has been heroic. Um, and, and they got ready and played well against the Navy team at home with or without fans. It's hard as heck to play with that option offense. So I, I, nothing but, but props for Kalani Tataki and the Cougars and, and hope they can get, you know, as many games in as, as they can. This could be some sort of, uh, you know, jumping board or uh, diving board into next season with a lot of momentum. Do you think there would be a chance that they could get into a really fine bowl game uh, based if they continue to win these games, even though they're not against top-notch competition? Yeah, I I think they could because these bowl games are going to have to have bodies in them. You know, um, the Pac-12. I'm not. I'm sorry. The SEC has nine bowl partnerships. They they could be a four and sixteen in those bowls because somebody has to play in those. Um, and the way it stands right now, I guess the way it stands right now, there will be enough teams to play. I think there are 84 slots, and now this makes, let's see, 77 and 14. That's 91. Yeah, so there'll be uh, there'll be enough teams to fill these bowl slots, even if they're winless teams. Uh, but I, I think I think that would at least bump BYU up the ladder. Just don't just don't ask me which bowl because I don't think the bowls even know right now. The problem with BYU in the past, uh, Dennis, has been their inconsistency. They look good enough to beat USC yep. one week, and then they lose to, what, Toledo or somebody the next. So we'll see with that offensive line that they have if that will make them consistent enough to, to, to be undefeated, maybe. Yeah, the offensive line is great. That's something to hook your hat on. Dennis Todd with us from CBS Sports. One one more thing on the Pac-12 real quick from from me, Dennis, this this confusing message from Gavin Newsom aside. Would you expect the Pac-12 to figure it out in, in sometime in the near future? Yeah, I don't know what figure out means. I guess right now figure out means can the Pac-12 get clearance because that's where it starts. Every, every statement about this, can they get clearance in Oregon and California? And I'm told from sources within the Pac-12 that Oregon's not going to be a problem. I think the, the, the governor, Kathy Brown, has kind of intimated as much. Um, California's a problem, despite what, you know, Governor Newsom said today. It's still a fact that, you know, they, they've been going under the impression they can't practice because of local ordinances. I have fully padded practice, let's put it that way. Um, so if they do, if they get cleared soon... Then the next, you know, thing to chase would be an October 24th start, where we know uh, the Big Ten has slotted itself to play nine games or eight games. So I, I, I can't even. I look, after today, anything's possible. I don't know. <laughs> Dennis, I gotta <laughs> ask you this question because it's a question I would ask you if you were coming on to visit with us any other year than this one. Ignoring everything else, I'm going to ask it, who's the best team in the country? Oh, I think it's the same the same suspects as it usually is. It's going to be Alabama, Clemson, 
Oklahoma, Georgia, Florida, um, you know, I think LSU takes a step back this year, but I think it's the usual suspects. The, the best team, it's Clemson right now, because they've got everything that they've got. They've got the best quarterback, arguably, if, Je- if Justin Fields plays. Um, you know, they've got the schedule. The ACC is not that hard. They're 43 and five in their last 45 conference games. They've been two of the last four championship games. You've got to say Clemson right now. I, I like Alabama, though. I think they're going to jump right back after only winning 11 games last year. <laughs> is that well, all? <laughs> one, one follow-up on that. It's this, Dennis. Is there anything college football can do to make it so that it's not the usual suspects? It's not the same five teams every year. I, I think just expanding the playoff, and that's nowhere near in sight. Um you know, there was speculation this year about why don't we have a larger playoff to make more money for these for uh, during this time of COVID? That was absolutely ridiculous because somebody has to pay for it, and that somebody is ESPN, which absolutely isn't immune to this. They're you know they're losing money hand and foot. They're laying people off too. So it's be them. I think we've got six more years of this, um, you know, to the end of the twelve-year deal, and then then it will expand. And I think that's the best way because after that, what what this Last six months has shown me and a lot of people the the difference between the haves and have-nots has never been larger, and now it's been exacerbated by COVID in the financial aspect to the point that I, I have a quote from Jack Swarbrick in one of my stories, the, the AD at Nebraska, I'm sorry, at Notre Dame, who said that there not only will be athletic departments that are impacted by this, there will be three or four schools that cease to exist. Mm. And I thought, whoa. That's saying something. So, it, but if you look at the if you look at the finances of some of these Mac schools, I can see that happening. So it's not it's not going to help any of the group of five or any of these other teams get close to the playoffs. I'll say that. Check out his latest at CBSSports.com. I've uh, tweeted out a link. I know Austin has as well. Make sure you give it a read. He is Dennis Dodd. Dennis, thank you so much. I know today was absolutely crazy for you. We appreciate you carving out a few for us. Thanks, Dennis. You bet. Thanks, guys. The great Dennis Dodd writes for CBSSports.com. And again, uh, he, he put out a story about an hour ago uh, about what's going on with the Big Ten. And uh, Dennis is always a great read, and we really appreciate him uh, jumping on with us today to give us a little insight. Yep, he's always good. I've always enjoyed Dennis. And we've, uh, we've known him for a long time now, but uh, he's, he's always good. He's got a great haircut. He does have a good haircut. An amazing haircut. <laughs> Uh, I apologize for the miscommunication on his offensive line answer because I was actually talking to Austin off the air when that happened, so I didn't mean to leave you hanging there for a second. Well, Chris. and I, well, heard, I, was, I, I heard, I was, him. I was wondering what was going on there because I, I, I thought he was still there, but it was your turn to ask a question, and there was dead silence. Oh, it was, there was, it was a real quick, short answer. Yeah, yeah. And when I first got Dennis on the phone, it had it dropped like that for a second. I thought, oh, it's doing that again. Because I heard him say, hang your hat on yeah, it, and yeah. I thought, well, there's there's more to this where it's not hearing it. No, that was, it was my fault. Austin and I were, were getting on the same page on a show-related detail, and uh, I dropped the ball on you, buddy. I apologize. We were talking about you. We were talking about uh, about Gordon and, and uh, his uh, new color of paint on his house. <laughs> No, I'm sure you were. I'm sure that was <laughs> in the, middle of the forefront interview. of your mind. In the middle of the interview, I hit the old... Uh, button and uh said to austin boy can you believe gordon's painting his house today well i'm not <laughs> doing the 
painting. Uh, but uh, well, of I've course painted, not. I've probably painted, I want to say, 100 houses in my day. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't believe that, but yeah, okay. Why wouldn't you believe it? Well, because I'd have to believe that you painted houses during your youth for a living, and I don't believe that either. I I, I worked in it for three for three years. Now it's three years because it it yeah. started at about like a summer with your buddies, no, and, now, no. and now it's up no. to three years. Multiple multiple summers. I, I think it was like three of them. Okay. And uh, you think people you trusted know? us? Oh, we were painting these beautiful estate homes, and uh, they, they people would see us working on a house and uh they would stop and say hey can you come by my house i'd like you to paint my house as well i mean it's just i i could have been a professional painter <laughs> just like you were telling us the other day you could also become a professional chef <laughs> okay uh gordon um even dennis is is confused about what's going on with the pac-12 and what stands in the way this is just such a weird thing um i, I think we're going to play uh, Newsom's comments uh, in their entirety coming up at 5:30. There, uh, should we do it? We could do it now. You want to do it now and see if we can make hide nor hair of of what he's got to say here. This is just a few minutes. Uh, him addressing the the Pac-12. And remember, we read the statement earlier today when Larry Scott released a statement. He said it's California and Oregon that are standing in the way. They got to get it together. And yeah. uh, Governor Newsom, when he addressed the media today, had this to say. College football. The uh, Big Ten Conference announced today that uh, new rapid testing protocols are going to allow its uh, programs to move forward in the fall season. There's a group of USC players uh, who support doing the same thing in the Pac-12. They sent you a letter noting that the conference has a similar partnership uh, for rapid testing, but state guidance prohibits teams from practicing in groups of more than a dozen, which obviously makes football impossible. Is that rapid testing agreement enough to safely bring back college football in California this fall? Or is there more that you would still want to be done before you support it? Well, we put out guidelines uh, a month or so ago, and we aligned them. We worked with the NC2A, and we aligned them with the NC2A. There's nothing in the state guidelines that denies the Pac-12 from having conference games. There's nothing in our guidelines the state put out that denies these games uh, from occurring. We put out very, I thought, thoughtful guidelines and, again, partnership with the NC2A about cohorting uh, during workouts and practices. Now, this manifests very differently depending on the sport. Basketball, cohorting of up to 12 may be a little easier than football up to 12, but offensive teams, defensive teams are able to coordinate and practice and the like. And so I want to make this crystal clear. Nothing in the state guidelines deny the ability for the Pac-12 to resume. Quite the contrary. Uh, that has been a misrepresentation of the facts. But what is accurate, and I appreciate the frame of your question, uh, that the NC2A has made progress, PAC-10, which will be resuming, at least based on their announcement on October 23rd, they've made a lot of progress on testing. That was one of the foundational principles that we put forward uh, with our guidance. A lot of antigen tests. We also need some PCR tests, and we are working uh, with the not only NC2A, but with PAC-12 in this space. I talked to Larry Scott uh, about two hours ago. And so we're committed to working with the PAC-12, working with the NC2A to keep our kids safe, to keep our coaches safe, to keep the coaching staff and um, friends and families safe, and to keep the larger campus community safe. Remember, these are student athletes. 
Uh, they're not isolated in a bubble uh, as some of our NBA superstars are. Uh, they need to be integrated in one way, shape, or form uh, with an academic paradigm by definition. That's what student athletes, athletes uh, are supposedly all about. Uh, that's a deeper issue for all of us is to make sure that the academic rigor is such uh, that we're doing justice to that paradigm and principle. But nonetheless, um, there's nothing in those state guidelines to deny these games from resuming. So uh, once again, look forward to working as we have been uh, in a constructive dialogue with the PAC-12 and NC2A uh, on testing issues. Again, good progress in that space. And as it relates to cohorting, um, we are certainly uh, willing to engage and have now engaged uh, the PAC-12 uh, in that discussion as well. Okay, first of all, I agree with you, Austin, that cohorting feels like a weird word. Uh, but but secondly, Gordon, now I know I did remember to take my crazy pills this morning, so maybe it's me. But didn't he just say, hey, we're not standing away. There's nothing uh, that the state is doing to stand in the way of college football. And then he goes, you know, I know co cohorting with basketball, the 12 number is a little easier than cohorting with 12 for football. But, you know, offense, <laughs> defensive separately, that's that's less than 12. What? What? Yeah. No, I your policy is in the way. I'm not following that really, but but uh, here's but what I guess this is uh, pro teams are doing it, but they have a special exemption which he didn't even talk about. Sorry, my phone's ringing. What is this your first day, Gordon? First day no, on radio? Yeah, I didn't realize it was there. Ah, oh well, I'll just let it ring out. You're well, you can the hit the the button. Well, I know it's across the room. From so me. your ringtone isn't California dreaming anymore, huh? No, it's not. But uh, if if pro teams are doing it in the state of California, then why why can't college teams? See, that's what makes me think that something's up because if they have a, a something in place from the state, but there are certain organizations who are doing it anyway, then why can't the college teams do it? Yeah, makes no sense. Other than they have a special exemption, which he didn't even mention. Uh, he was asked about college. So he probably not can. Do you Jake, have an acupuncture? You, Jake, uh, why are you, Jake, why are you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> are you just doing that just to bug me now? Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I couldn't look, help I send radio here. See, because I I have an Apple Watch, you know, oh, and so I, I looked I looked down at my phone at my watch, and I'm going, Jake is calling. Oh, I'm sorry. Why would Jake I be could, calling? I couldn't help myself. You're a bad man. I am. I am. I admit it. That was a low blow. Uh, no, who's calling me? <laughs> Everybody call. Who's calling you this time? Uh, um, I don't know. It's some. It's a, a number I recognize. <laughs> wow. Is, is that who is that? I don't you, know who that you is. You don't have Lloyd's number in your phone? It's not Lloyd. Oh, this it's, is I've, everyone I've, that I've, has Gordon's number. Call him and find out if he has saved you in his phone or not. Tim Lacombe doesn't have to bother. We know he's not in there. Right? We, uh, uh, I'm looking oh, at, come on now. I'm looking at Lloyd. <laughs> now Scotty's calling. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. We, uh, we, we have business to do here. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.